Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I'm joined by the one and only Espo. Espo, what'd you have for lunch today? Uh, a salad. Nice. Nobody's going to believe it, but I had a salad. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit over asking you guys how you're doing, so I'm just going to start asking you guys random questions <laughs> to start the show. It's fine. I am finally out of the closet, by the way. Not the way that sounded, but I'm finally <laughs> out of the walk-in closet at home. I'm back in the studio. It's nice to be among the living. Yeah, so. I know. I feel like we haven't seen each other face-to-face in... What, almost 10, 12 days yeah, now? Yeah, and it's probably better for most people. <laughs> I mean, most people prefer me at a distance, so. Hey, you know what? We support you being out of the closet. Whatever way <laughs> that means, as long as you are happy and healthy and doing well. Look, I, I know you have a lot of topics, but can I get the one thing off the top? Absolutely. Uh, I, I was very much in support of DeAndre Ayton after last night's game. Obviously, I you know, 28 points, 13 rebounds. I led the team in both categories, played 45 minutes after losing 10 pounds from the flu. And I said on Twitter, like I said on the show, if I'm DeAndre Ayton and his agent, I show the, the film from the Clippers game and the film from uh, the Portland game. And that's my argument as to why you should, why I should get the bag in the off season. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody respond. Yeah. A two game comparison doesn't make a max contract. DA is soft. All right. I get that a two game comparison doesn't make a max contract, but it it's said to make a point. Right. But why is this DA is soft shit still out there? Like, are, are we really going to say that after the guy played his ass off in a game where everybody would have understood if there was rust. I mean, dude was sick, like seriously sick. If you're puking enough to lose 10 pounds, but he's soft when he goes out there and he busts ass and almost single-handedly along with Chris Paul defeats the Portland trailblazers. Like I am so sick of this narrative surrounding Deandre. I feel like it's just people wanting him to be something that he's not like, he's not going to be the guy who like, screams and yells and dunks it in everyone's face every single night like that's not his game but that's totally okay because what he does do is still effective and still important a bunch of whiny little babies if that's where we're at because deandre eaton freaking dropped 28 and 13 and we're still talking about that he's a 20 and 10 guy on the regular 18 and 10 like he is already and i feel comfortable saying this 
outside of Amari Stoudemire, the best freaking center the Suns have ever had. And yet we have this stupid, stupid comparison that goes on. Yet these are the same people that if Jalen Smith breathes appropriately while running down the court, he's a god and he should play more minutes. I do not understand the psychosis that goes on. I don't either because it's kind of one of those things when you bring up those two topics back to back, it's like, yo, just appreciate what you have. Like quit looking over the fence to see if the grass is greener on the other side. Like you have a stellar top five center on your team and you're talking about wanting to give a young, potentially up and coming player more minutes. Like why? What for? I, just, I, I do not understand it in the least. If even an ounce of the way people approach Jalen Smith was given to DeAndre Ayton, everybody would think this kid is spectacular like he is. I, ugh, it just frustrates me. Well, that I really would, set me off. I would hope off. and like to think that at least maybe some of those people are in the minority and not the majority because at this point, like, I don't think there's anything you could say at this point or anything he could really do at this point that would make people completely change their minds on him. No, and I hope the Suns give him the five-year max just so it makes all those people really uncomfortable. So they'll be like, he doesn't deserve it. And then he then he proves yet again that he actually deserves it uh, and, and earns that money. I'm just... It, it grinds your gears. It grinds my gear. <laughs> Get off my lawn, damn it. Like that's where that's where I'm at with it. I, you know, I don't blame you, and it is absolutely okay to feel that way. It really is. It's okay. I'm I'm done now. <laughs> okay. Would, should I bring therapist Espo back from the other night? Um, I'll just no, do the not today. I'll just do the rest of the show <laughs> with me as therapist Espo and me as angry Espo working out working my own it feelings. Out yes, that's hilarious. Well. Speaking of DeAndre, he's going to be our first topic of today's show. So for today's show, we're bringing you guys a quick roundup. So here are a few things happening around the Phoenix Suns and the NBA. So first and foremost, last night, as you mentioned, the Suns defeated the Blazers 111-107 in overtime. And in his return from a non-COVID-related illness, DeAndre notched a season-high 28 points. He also had 13 rebounds, two steals. Oh, yeah. And he played a whopping 45 minutes. Yeah. But beyond that, um, was was the showing of his growth as the role guy in pick and rolls, right? Yes. So Chris Paul said after the game, quote, if ever there is any issue, I will show him the film from this game because that's how dominant he can be. That can be him every single night. And when he plays like that, it's going to be real tough to beat us. Yeah. And I love that CP3 has taken him under his wing, right? He is a guy that obviously responds to the way that CP3 handles himself, that, that he's looking for that guy that will push him. And, and Chris Paul is always willing to do that. I love that he's, even in the in the moment is going, this is what I'm going to turn to and show. Mm -hmm. This is exactly it. There was a moment in that game on one of the rules where DA gets it about free throw line extended, makes one, I think one dribble and dunks it, right? Very Amari-esque. We, we tweeted that on our, uh, on our account last night and it, it went big. But like, if we get to the point where that's the regular, Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's next level. Like, and, and I like the fact if there's any positive that Devin Booker's out, 
it's that it gives DeAndre Ayton a chance to be a little bit more the focal mm-hmm. point. It's almost a disservice to him that he got sick at this timing. Like it sucks for the team as a whole, but also DeAndre specifically yeah. because this would have been. I mean, he's done it, but it, if he hadn't missed those few games, it would have been even more of a chance for him to kind of hone in on that. Yeah, and I mean, Tuesday night was just the example of if he's a focal point, there's so much you can do. I mean, and this wasn't him taking long jumpers or anything. This was him finally fully in sync on on that pick and roll, and it's a thing of beauty, and it and it takes time. I mean, there's obviously things that they've been working on for a while, and I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, CP3 said there was a moment in, in a game where they had been working since the offseason uh, on, on a pick and roll move that they completed – uh, and and it was it was just one of those things that finally clicked. And last night felt like there were more things that just started to click with mm-hmm. DA and the pick and roll. And obviously, it's going to depend on who you're playing against and the defense as well. But the growth in that area has been spectacular. And Gerald, uh, who is on a plane flight, I think, back from Portland. I think we got him on a plane finally. <laughs> uh, he actually wrote a very lengthy in-depth breakdown of this on gophnx.com and it is uh it's very interesting to look at just how much that the pick and roll game has evolved for deandre yeah absolutely and in that article like we've been talking about this all season just the development of deandre in the pick and roll but one of the reasons or maybe some of the reason why he has kind of developed and grown so much is because he's taking inspiration from JaVale McGee and Frank Kaminsky as he kind of tries to improve in those areas. And like you said, Gerald wrote an amazing, it's a Borgate breakdown that's on gophnx.com right now. It's available to everyone. So if you haven't checked that out and you really want to dive into that more and get to the nitty gritty of it all and have some quotes and contacts from people from around the team. Definitely go check that out after the show because yeah. he did a really good job on that piece. Yeah, grab a coffee, uh, get close to the fire, and then uh, dedicate a little time to that piece. I, I took the time this morning and was not disappointed. Mm-hmm. In, and I don't just say that because you know I help bring Gerald over here and we pay him. I, I actually genuinely uh, really like the piece, and I think you will too. Yeah, and he put in a lot of highlights and little nuggets of information that really help you understand and see everything um, if you're a more visual person. So it's really awesome. All right, so the next topic, Chris Paul. He also had himself a night last night doing what he does best in the clutch and leading this team to a victory. Now, according to StatMuse on Twitter, CP3 in the clutch this season is averaging a 60.9 field goal percentage, which, by the way, is first in the NBA. He's 14 of 23 from the field, has 15 assists, and just three turnovers. The Suns are a plus 60 in the clutch with CP3, the best mark in the league. He is the Neo of basketball. He can bend reality to his will in the (laughs) clutch. He can manipulate things in a way that I'm not sure we've seen a Suns player be able to manipulate. Now, some will say, oh, Steve Nash and his passing or Barkley. But if you watch, and in particular, that Portland game on Tuesday night, he just takes charge in a different way. Mm -hmm. He sees things in a way that other people 
don't see it. And he finds a way to get the mismatch and take care of it. It's not just the rip throughs. It's, it's those shots late where he knows exactly how to set the guy up, turn and, and hit those, hit those buckets when the Suns need it. It is, it is a thing of beauty. If you could, if you could encapsulate it in one image and hang it in the Louvre, it'd be worth it because that's how pretty what CP3 does in those situations is. And you know, we joked about it on the post game on Tuesday night, but I started hearing Saul Bookman's voice in my head. <laughs> the it's it's gonna be all right. You got CP3 with about six minutes left. It was like all right, it's going to be all right. You got CP3. I mean, the, the man is the ultimate closer. Mariano Rivera looks at CP3 and says, that's a guy that knows how to close a, a sporting event. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is next level what he's been able to do. And, you know, it's interesting because it is like a switch that he flips. Yeah. Right? It, it, he could coast for – and coast isn't fair. He could, he could try to get other people involved for the first, you know – whatever three quarters a game three and a half quarters of a game and the second they're within striking distance and he knows he can close the door it's over mm-hmm. like and and he he just does things at at a different level i just i there's not words to fully describe what he's capable of doing and again it's one of those if you don't watch him every night if he's not on your team i don't think you fully appreciate just the little How things great. that he does yeah just it's 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 really impressive and it's it's really cool for us to be able to watch that night in and night out and have that guy to cheer for because <laughs> we've joked about this many a time if he wasn't on our team we'd all probably hate him every time that, that we play against him <laughs> that rip through would be the mo- and the smile after would be mm-hmm. the most damn annoying thing <laughs> that you could see he would and, and i mean he did for what 14 of a 16 year career when he played against the Suns, it was annoying as hell what yeah, he would do. Totally. But now that he's now that he's here, now that he's Phoenix's point guard, uh, it's it's fun. It's it. I love the attitude too. Okay, I have a question. So last night, um, CP was three of six in the clutch compared to Dame's one of six. Dame has Dame time, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of like Dame's going to show up and get this thing done for us. Do we need some sort of CP time? That's clutch time. You just need he cl- just owns yeah, the he owns whole a clutch. thing. Okay. I mean, look at it. He, uh, you read the stats. I yeah. mean, that's owning the clutch uh, plus sixty and and everything that he's been able to do in the clutch. And if you look at it, uh, I don't remember which ESPN uh, reporter put it out there, but they put out the uh, actually, excuse me, it was Tom Ziller put out the the shot charts and clutch time mm-hmm. between Dame and CP3. And if you look at it, the CP is all within that mid range near the basket uh, makes a lot of long shots for Dame, which is what he's known for. But CP3 just was very calculated. And what people aren't talking about enough is the fact that he said, I want Dame. I want to guard him mm-hmm. in the clutch. Mikhail was on the bench for, for a large portion of, of those clutch minutes and CP three was guarding Dame when he missed those key shots. So he even stepped up on the defensive end in that time. It is clutch time. And that's what CP three owns. Well, I think if I recall correctly, after the game, he was mentioning, you know, early on his, in his career, he used to guard Dame all the time. Mm-hmm. So he's got a little bit, maybe more insight than even a guy like Mikhail Bridges, just because 
of the longevity he's had in this league and how many times he's gone up against Dame or guys like Dame too. But how much respect does Monty have for for Chris Paul when he can come up and go, I want him. I want to and take him. Like, you all, a, go for it. He's yours. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give Mikhail some rest. He's yours. I trust you. Take this home. Mm-hmm. And he comes through. I mean, that there's not many guys in the league that have that kind of respect from their coach. I also, we're going to switch a little gear here, but I think the best thing about last night, Tuesday night's game, was what Chris Paul posted on his Instagram after the game. And that was a video of his son uh, yelling, that's my dad, that's my dad at the TV when uh, CP3 hit that game-tying shot at the end of the fourth quarter. Like, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? And that's got to be, like, as a parent, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine if your kids think you are that cool at some point in time in your life, like, that's got to feel real good. My daughter does it every time we do the show. Yeah. That's my dad. No, but, (laughs) but look, I mean, that was the... That was the same thing that Portland, uh, the the Trailblazers were yelling at Chris Paul. Is that's my dad? Because <laughs> it was their daddy last night in the fourth and OT. He took care of it. But uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta love that. that I think that keeps CP centered too. Mm-hmm. Is he he cares about uh, his kids? I mean, we saw him out there practice the other day and watching Devin Booker shooting, and that he that he has him around like they that's important. I think that gives him perspective in a lot of this and over an 82 game season, especially with all the craziness that's going on, uh, you know, health and safety protocols and, and everything uh, that keeps a guy centered and you yeah. got to enjoy seeing Chris Paul uh, be able to just embrace that, enjoy it and share it too. It's, it, it was it's so humanizing. Cute. Yeah. I loved that. That was, that was adorable. All right. Moving on to our next topic, Devin Booker. So, We've been asking relentlessly about his progress and the hamstring injury in hopes of getting some sort of an idea of when he may be returning to the court. And last night, we finally got a little bit of information. So according to Jared Greenberg on the TNT broadcast, Devin Booker said a potential target return date could be the Lakers game uh, next Tuesday, the 21st. This is positive news because (laughs) we've only been told he's progressing. He's progressing. That's it. That's it. We don't have any other information about it. But in addition to that target date that Devin threw out, Jared Greenberg also said that Book did some court work before the game yesterday, which from, like I said, again, everything we've heard, the last time he's done that was prior to him leaving the game on November 30th. So yesterday... Tuesday before the Portland game is the first time he's done any sort of court work since November 30th. Yeah, and, and for our, from our understanding, and, anyway. Enjoy your break, Devin. Uh, the Suns are four and two without you. There'll be a few more games, uh, but I, I'm glad he he kind of get got a. I know you never want a guy to get injured, but it didn't sound like it was all that serious, and mm-hmm. it give it gives him a little extra rest. I mean, yeah. we we hammered how much he did in the off season. We know the COVID. You know, this is a, a nice reset leading into that Christmas Day game, which really everybody knows Christmas Day is when the NBA really starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I guess it starts in October, but the, nobody pays attention is the old adage until Christmas Day. And you've got a chance to, again, announce yourself to the sports world and the NBA world that the, that you're for real, that you are the best team in the <laughs> NBA 
by beating the Warriors. And you know Devin Booker had that game circled as I want 100%. to be. I want to be at full strength by then. And that Lakers game is a nice tune-up because that's also a national TV mm-hmm. game. And now I know we mentioned this on the post-game show yesterday, but I do just thought it was really important to bring it up one more time because it's been a question that we've been asking for so long and we just haven't really been able to get a lot of information on it. And that's the first time we got some information. So it's worth sharing multiple times until he comes back. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about on the post game show, this is calculated. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing. Uh, Devin Booker doesn't just casually say to anybody, Oh, I might come back on that game. The Suns are tight lipped about this stuff. So they had that plan. They had that circled and they, they knew as long as there wasn't a setback, that was going to be yeah. when he came back and it was strategic. It was a TNT game Tuesday night. It's a TNT game, I believe against the Lakers next Tuesday that he's, that, that he's targeting to come back for. So a little synergy. It there. wouldn't have surprised me one bit. If the minute he got hurt, he was, looking at his training staff and saying, listen, y'all got to get me back before Christmas day. I will give you until the 21st, but that's it. If I'm not hundred percent, I'm still going back anyway. So that's what you get. You better take it or leave it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, This is, this is happening. I'm dictating it Mm -hmm. to you. I will spend $65,000 on an infrared bed to try to help me. Uh, But yeah, I'm back on the 21st, whether you like it or not, you know, you that's just Devin. That's the way it is. And he's not going to miss an opportunity to take on the King on national television and then play in his first Christmas day game. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Next topic. Crowder's cash club (laughs) has been on a roll. I believe twice this week, back to back, back to back night. He has hit the first field goal and won a lot of people, a lot of money. So shout out to Jay Crowder. And here's the deal. If you guys want to get in on the action, All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and take advantage of their latest no-brainer bet. So if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use the code PHNX when you sign up, you can get yourself $100 in free bets by simply placing just a $1 bet on any NFL team to score a point. And once a single point scored, you'll be a winner. It is that easy The DraftKings Sportsbook app, it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. You can use those free bets to get your toes wet. You can dive (laughs) on in and use them for a huge uh, same-game parlay with a bunch of legs that might win you a ton of money. Whatever tickles your fancy, just uh, just get in on the the action with the, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So one more time, don't forget to use that code PHNX. You bet $1 on any NFL team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That's 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Did you see what Landry Shamit? Posted on I Instagram. <laughs> he posted, y'all sick, <laughs> laugh out loud. Cover turned you <laughs> turned out some real gambling addicts, crying, laughing face emoji. Quit tagging me in your parlays, man. Go do something. <laughs> Go somewhere. Laugh out loud. I'm guessing that since he's been struggling shooting, he's cost some people some money. Yeah. And that's probably where that uh 
where that you know started from. I, I imagine that that Jay Crowder doesn't mind finding out that since he's hitting first shots, he's winning people money. But I'm sure if people are sending uh, tagging you in things where they lose money mm-hmm. because of of you in a parlay, it's probably a little frustrating. Okay, I just have one thing to say about this. If you lose a bet because of <laughs> a player, do not at them. Like if you if you are not capable of losing a bet without adding a player on Twitter, you should not be gambling on sports. I agree. Like just let it go. I agree. It's it's almost as dumb as when somebody adds a player about their fantasy team. Yeah. Just a, just a quick reminder for everybody playing fantasy football. Nobody gives a shit how your fantasy football team performs in your fantasy football playoffs. Even the other it's people in your league don't care if you players win. players themselves, yeah. though. None of them care, all right? So don't bother adding them. And unless you're thanking a player for, for right. helping you win some money, that I'm don't okay bother. With. That I am okay with. If you tweet out, like, shout out Jay Crowder for winning me some money on the first field goals club or whatever that's fine but if you're like jay crowder wtf i put money on you today and you (laughs) didn't make the first field goal that's inappropriate that's on you yeah that's on you if you decided to do that you know (laughs) we understand it's gambling for a reason that's why it's called gambling yes it is not a for sure thing all right our next topic so last night Steph Curry became the NBA's all-time leader in threes made with 2974 passing Ray Allen on the leaderboard this was a really cool moment regardless of how we feel about the Warriors and where they are compared to the Suns this season it's a historical moment and I think we all can appreciate what Steph Curry has done for this game and just the fact that getting your name at the top of a, of a leaderboard like that is not something that is easy to do. And it's impressive. And everybody across the league, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, you name it, everyone was tweeting out and congratulating this man for this achievement. How do you feel about this? Good on him. He did it in 500 fewer games than uh, than Ray Allen did it. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's a testament in part to how the league's changed. Yeah. I mean, Steph, if he played when his dad played, wouldn't have this many threes just based on the way that the game uh, was played and, and what his position was expected to do back then. So it's in part that. Uh, I also know. feel like, though, guys like Steph are part of the reason why the Agreed. league has changed. Like they've been, it's not like the league just changed on its own. It changed because you have players like Steph who are helping it along. Yes and no. Analytics uh, change that perspective where three is worth more than two and it's threes and and close to the basket, Uh, you know, where the mid range is is the is the shot that isn't as valuable where the Suns are kind of counter to that. They're proving that. Well, if you make it, any shot's valuable mm-hmm. if you make it on a, a consistent basis. But uh, I, so I think it's twofold. You've got guys like like Steph Fair. that can shoot, but you can't tell me a guy like Eddie Johnson couldn't have pulled up from the logo on a regular basis and 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 made shots if the game was played that way in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, there were plenty of guys like uh, even Steve Nash in the early two thousands. If the game was played this way, he would have shot a hell of a lot more three-pointers and probably would be further up on that list but shooting and shooting from deep wasn't always uh as as encouraged yeah encouraged 
So it's impressive. Uh, don't get me wrong. It is very impressive what Steph's done, and he's masterful. And I think you could make the argument that he is in that conversation for greatest of all time based on what he's been able to do, the titles he's won, the way he's helped change the game. Uh, I think he's up there with LeBron in this generation's most impactful and greatest of this generation. It still pains me to think that the Suns could have had him on a draft night trade and that it was very close. And And Steve Kerr, the general manager at the time, actually thought the Suns had him, that they had completed a deal that would have brought Steph Curry here. One of the great what-ifs in, in Phoenix history. But, man, you know, as much as I want the Suns to – beat the Warriors. It's not like the hatred that you had for the Spurs. Mm -hmm. Steph is a likable guy. The way they play is fun. I mean, the only guy that can be quite annoying is Draymond Green. I I still like him. I do too. He (laughs) reminds me very much of the way Barkley used to have an attitude back in the day. Obviously not as great of a player, but that same kind of attitude. And I've always been a fan uh, of that. So props to him. I think Mm -hmm. my favorite part of it though, last night, and I sent you this photo was, uh, was Spike Lee so on the freaking court, uh, laying down, trying to get a photo of the back of Steph while he's doing his post-game interview. And he posts the photo, a great photo. I mean, obviously, the man knows how to mm-hmm. how to frame a shot based on what his career is. But I thought that was hilarious. And, and it made me wonder, and I know you're in charge, but I brought it a topic anyways. That's cool. uh, you know, twofold. Which celebrity would you like to see become the Spike Lee of Phoenix? And if you could be the Spike Lee of anything, what would it be? Oh, that's a lot. That mm, I feel like you should have given me a heads up on this one because nah, that's a lot. I, I so like before I get into that, first thing I will say is that photo of him last night was basically the epitome of whatever it takes, right? Yeah. Like he's going to get the shot. Whatever it takes, oh, yeah. I'm getting that shot. I loved that. Okay, so if who would be the Spike Lee of Phoenix? And if I could be the Spike Lee of anything, what would it be? Yes. Do you have answers for these? I do. Okay, you go first while I think about it. (sighs) The the Spike Lee of Phoenix is tough. I mean, at this point, I almost feel like it needs to become Kendall Jenner. Because (laughs) if if her and Book are are the long term, you know, she might as well be courtside, right? She might as well become that fan. But, you know, there's a a handful of, of stars who have professed some love for the Suns, Emma Stone, who was a uh, uh, who grew up here and and what Xavier and obviously is an Oscar winner. You know, I'm having a hard time with this because I feel like a lot of the celebrities who have like latched onto the Suns, it was kind of like low key bandwagon. Yeah, of course. Right? I mean, yeah, Spike Lee's not a bandwagon fan no. by any means. No. So to be able to have your name put into that conversation, I feel like you have to be a a legit fan and I don't know that I would say like Emma Stone or whoever showed up to the playoffs last season really fit that bill no but at least at least she was born here there's a tie I can give you that you know really if if we're going for that there can't be a Spike Lee because there have been no long-term celebrities who have been there I mean David Spade's the has been there off and on throughout the years Mm -hmm. but I don't want David Spade to be or Frankie Muniz Frankie's a nice dude from what I understand but like I that's not that's not that Spike Lee level I feel like if I had to pick somebody it would be Jonah Hill simply because of that jersey thing but he's not a fan yeah but it just the 
It was so you, funny. And it was when we were bad too. You've heard that story with me in that, right? No. I lost a bet and had to recreate that oh, photo. Oh, that's fantastic. And there, that's on the internet. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google yeah, so, for uh, that. Yeah. That's hilarious. But, uh, I like yeah. Kendall Jenner though. I, I feel, like that answer. I feel like if it, she may become the first woman of of Phoenix basketball, mm -hmm. if if Devin puts a ring on it, yeah. you know, I hope he puts a ring on on Phoenix before he puts a ring on Kendall. But whatever works, we'll take both. I, I, both at the same time is great as too, as if you happy. want. But like she could become the first lady of of Phoenix basketball, then why not celebrate that with a nice Spike Lee kind of courtside seat and let her be the celebrity uh, face of I mean, Phoenix. she would do wonders as far as like bringing in an, a new set of a fan base and just I think it would also help a lot from like the fan voting perspective yeah. like if we could get her I, that should be happening anyways thing. I'm sorry it that totally should. should but I think if she buys in fully like a Spike Lee then it would just be it, it would be big time you know what I mean? Like you would get a few now, but you would get all of them then. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, that would be that'd be much bigger than than Spike Lee for a for a new generation. And then if I could be the Spike Lee of anything, oh, uh, I I really that that one's the tougher one. Uh, ironically enough, for me, if I could be the Spike Lee of anything, it would probably be uh, of ranting on podcasts. I would like <laughs> to be the Spike Lee of that. I don't know. This one's hard. You want to be the Spike Lee of beanie wearing, right? I mean, that's true. You, I guess I was thinking of it more literally, like what would be a really awesome thing in life? And that one was a hard one. Um, but yeah, I'll go with beanie wearing then because that's an easy out. <laughs> the, the, Sp <laughs> the Spike Lee of Emmy winning while wearing beanies. That's a... Oh, man. I... That's a funny one. I'll have to think about that more. I'll bring you an answer right. at a later that, date a, for sure. I, I like to I like to bombard people, just kind of surprise. Here's a really tough yeah, question. Yeah, those are hard. I know, and that's why I like <laughs> doing it because I, first, I like watching people squirm a little bit, and second, sometimes you get really good answers because it hasn't been overthought. So sometimes somebody blurts out something, and you're like, "Oh, I learned a little bit about about this individual that I wouldn't have if they had time to come up with a polished answer." I'm an overthinker. So I always err on the side this of is true. over polished answers. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Saul and Gerald may have blurted things out. Totally. But yes, you're, you, you're very you, They would have been better with them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about Kevin Durant. Oh, <laughs> I freaking love KD and how he approaches social media and all of that sort of stuff. Like I am here for it. So last night, Skip Bayless tweeted out, quote, the best player on the planet was at it again tonight in Brooklyn, going assassin in overtime for the COVID-rocked Nets. Nothing like Kevin Durant. You watch, Bron? To which Kevin Durant quote tweeted and said, quote, I really don't like you. I, I'm here for it. I'm, <laughs> I love that, that Katie just went full heel. Once those burner accounts for discoveries like screw it i'm just gonna say this as me and you all can deal with it and that's we all want athletes to be real and honest and open and we ask for that and then some people bristle at it when they actually do it i full-fledged embrace katie doing this mm -hmm. i wish more athletes would i well here's the thing too for so many years athletes have been expected to 
not read the comments. Don't engage with people. If somebody is being a jerk in your mentions or talking crap about you on ESPN or wherever, you're just supposed to turn the other cheek and pretend you didn't hear it or whatever. And it's like, in what world is that the norm, though? We're if expected you came to do into it, my, too. But if you came into my office, Espo, and you said something really rude to me, you think I'm just going to be like, hmm, okay. No, I'm going to fire right back at you and cut even deeper. But you know that in this business and in, in for professional athletes, appearances matter for some reason. Like, and, and so there's this fake veneer that so many places expect you to have. And I much more appreciate somebody that's just going to say, screw off if somebody says something annoying and rude. Like, and I've struggled with this. Like, I have no problem putting somebody on blast. If you at me and you say something dumb, I'm not going to just sit there in most cases and be like, well, fine. No, I'm going to say this is stupid, you know, and, and that's okay. I don't know why we're, we're so against that. Like, stop coddling people. If people say something dumb, just tell them they said something dumb. And I love that KD does mm -hmm. not care that that's Skip Bayless. And he said what so many of us want to say to Skip Bayless is shut up. Well, I think the thing is, is that um, for me, I don't think that players have to clap back by any means. No, right? they don't it, have to. It depends to. on you. If you want to have more of that kind of, button up to whatever you want to call it appearance like that's totally cool i'm i'm 100 in support of that too but on the flip side if you feel like taking a kevin durant route and doing those things publicly you shouldn't be demonized for it you should be no. allowed to decide whatever i mean people call kd all sorts of names oh, they yeah. rip him all the time on social media and i feel like now it's kind of become like a joke like the McDonald's or Wendy's Twitter account, like just roasting people. Yeah. But people are like adding them in order to get roasted. It's almost like becoming one of those things to an extent, lesser obviously, but don't be a I, keyboard warrior. Is yeah. It's just kind of like, you can't, you can't be out there just talking a bunch of trash because you're hiding behind an egg on Twitter or whatever. And think that it's just appropriate to be saying things to people on the internet, just because you're not face to face. So I feel like you should be able to clap back at people if you are an athlete. And the other thing about this, too, is that I thought it was funny that because Skip basically like subtweeted LeBron. He didn't even at him when he asked if he was watching. So it's just kind of like, OK, well, that guy's you know made I mean? a whole career on trolling people. He has. He, that's that's his whole shtick. And he probably loved that Katie came back at him because you know what that brings? Attention. Attention. Everybody's talking about it today. And that is, that's currency for somebody like that. You yeah. Know? Like that there's, I, I hate the passive aggressive. Like if you're, if you're going to do it, do it straight to somebody and then deal with the repercussions. If somebody, you know, uh, if somebody says something back, you have to deal with that. That's, that's called being an adult. You're going to make a choice, and that means that other person can make a choice that you may not like as well. So I, I'm i fine with KD doing that and embrace any athlete that that wants to go that 